0: Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. Today's sermon was given by guest preacher, Reverend Susan Peterson. If you'd like to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, visit firstpresevanston.org. After Hannah's excellent job, I'm feeling a little inadequate just reading, but Thank you, Hannah. Our scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 19, which you will find in the Old Testament section of our Pew Bibles on page 25, or projected on the screens. Please join me for a prayer of illumination. Gracious God, today we prepare to hear a reading of your word. Please help us listen, help us focus, help us understand. Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you, have, what you will reveal to each one of us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Genesis 28, starting in verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went, went toward Harun. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, And you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven." So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I'm going to venture a guess that Most of us here have awakened from a dream at some point in our lives and said, wow, that was weird. Frequently for me, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll recognize a strangeness in the dream I've just had and I'll think to myself, I can't wait to tell Jim about that. And then fairly often by the time I actually Am awake for the day? I've forgotten what the dream was that was so strange and stood out to me. Fortunately for all of us, Jacob didn't have any trouble recalling his dream that we just heard. It must have been a family story passed down orally through the generations before it was written into the stories of the patriarchal history. It's not hard to imagine that scene. An elderly man surrounded by his children, all of them gathered by the fire, after the day's farming work is complete and the evening meal has been eaten. Perhaps he asks the children what story they would like to hear these children who were quite numerous by now. And one young boy from perhaps the tribe of Reuben says, I want to hear the story of how Father Jacob met Yahweh in a dream. The old man smiles and tells the child, oh, that's one of my favorite stories too. And he begins... I was leaving my homeland, making a journey to the land of my uncle Laban to find a wife among his people. The circumstances of my departure aren't really something I'm proud of, but they contributed to the necessity of making this journey all by myself. After a long day of hurrying along because, you see, I was frightened that my brother Esau might be chasing after me in his anger, I came to a place where I could rest for the night. Alone and exhausted, I fell asleep as soon as I laid my head down. And that's where the dream began. I saw a stairway and that stretched from the earth to the heavens, unlike anything I had ever seen. And on it were angels, messengers from Yahweh, going up and down, up and down. And suddenly, I could sense the presence of Yahweh himself right there with me. I heard his voice. And he told me that I, too, inherited the promise he had given my grandfather, Abraham, and my father, Isaac. And you, my children, are all a part of that promise. The promise that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed in us and through us. And that we would have land upon which we would settle so that... We could prosper and be a part of Yahweh's plan. At this point, one of the children listening to the elder could no longer contain himself. And he burst forth with, Grandfather, what did Yahweh look like? Oh, my child, the old man responded, We cannot look upon the divine presence with the eyes of our head. Only with the eyes of our heart. You see, Yahweh is much too holy for us mortals to gaze upon. But I tell you, his presence is so very near to all of us. That was the first time I ever really felt it. Oh, I had heard stories of the promise given to my ancestors. But up to that point, they were simply stories I had heard about Yahweh. But I had not come to really know him. That night, he became real to me. And he told me his promise to our people continued with me. Even me, a rascal who had not lived up to his potential up to that point. You see, before That night, I was filled with jealousy and envy of things that rightly belonged to my brother. But that night, everything changed. I came to know that even I was a part of Yahweh's plan. How long did Yahweh stay with you? One of the listeners asked. Oh, that's another part of the promise I received that night, the old man continued. Yahweh's promise was also that he would be with me wherever I went, that he wouldn't leave me. And then I woke up. I was frightened and in awe all at the same time. I had experienced the presence of the Holy One, and that encounter changed me. Oh, it didn't make me a perfect man, but now I was heading toward something rather than running away from something. I recognized that Yahweh had been in that place, and I didn't know it at first, but after that night, I was sure I had been fortunate enough to lay my head down at the gate of heaven. So in the morning before I set off on my journey as a changed man, I took the stone upon which I had slept, and I worshipped Yahweh right there, pouring oil all over the stone and giving that place a new name, Bethel, house of God. At this point, the fire is waning a bit, and the women have come to gather the children for bed. They reluctantly leave, all of them hoping that they will have a dream like their father Jacob, an encounter with Yahweh that will bring them comfort and assurance that they are not alone. Have you ever been in that between place, like Jacob was, between a life without God, or a relationship with God, and that sweet space of walking closely with God? Have you ever been in a place in life where you, like Jacob, were on the run? Oh. I don't mean that you were involved in some scam or cheating or of trying to usurp someone else's rightful property or place in the world, but perhaps there have been times when you've been running from a past, trying to escape guilt, regret, failure, disappointments, some of us, perhaps, have tried to get away from the pain and losses and brokenness of life. Sometimes we're in that between time, running, 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 because we live our lives on the run due to schedules and chaos and the busyness of life. Our lives are measured in accomplishments, and our to-do lists. We tell ourselves, as soon as I get caught up, then I'll pursue my relationship with God. I'll pursue deepening that walk with God. I'm sure each of us can tell a story of a time in our lives when we were on the run It may be specific to us, but it's really just another version of Jacob's story. Life on the run keeps us living on the horizontal axis. We limit ourselves to the physical universe, missing the spiritual and transcendent aspects of life, that vertical axis, because we're so busy running. Eventually, We are, like Jacob, somewhere between Beersheba and Haran. Someplace in between. Between feeling abandoned by God and fully trusting him. Between trying to live a life where we control everything. And a life of full surrender to God. Between being of the world rather than just in the world and of the kingdom of God. It's a place of liminality, neither here nor there. In the words of one author, it's a hard place, full of stones. Yet it is a place of grace, a place where God can appear and speak. We see with new eyes and we hear with new ears the vertical axis of God's life. Jacob's ladder intersects the horizontal axis of our life and running. That point of intersection is an awesome place. The house of God and the gate of heaven. Perhaps you're in that place between there and here, that liminal space even now. So I think the question becomes, so what do we do with it? How do we move toward that sweet space? Jacob's experience can teach us a few things, I think. Jacob had knowledge of the God of his ancestors. So he had some knowledge upon which to fall back, knowing the goodness of that God and what Yahweh had done in the lives of his ancestors at some point. So we too can fall back on what we know. Reflect on how God has shown up in the past, and trust that God is going to do that again. Jacob set up a monument so that when his people revisited it, they would remember what Yahweh had done. Surely God is in this place, and I didn't know it. Danish philosopher Søren Kierkegaard says, life must be understood backwards, but must be lived forwards. To me, it makes a little bit more sense in this context to kind of flip that around. Life must be lived forwards, but can only be understood backwards. Excuse me. Aren't there times in your life that were stony places? And now that you're on the other side, you can see how God was present and how that place of in-between time was a time of growth. How you climbed the steps of that ladder and found grace in the places you would never have expected. little over 10 years ago, actually it was almost 10 years ago, my husband and I felt that God was calling us to a different place of worship. It was a really, really difficult time for us, a difficult decision. Partially because the church where we were was the place my husband had grown up. It was the place we had met and had married But we sensed that God was leading us to a different place. And so, we found a new place of worship. That spring, during Lent, the worship leader there challenged us all to a 40-day challenge of listening to contemporary Christian music. I'd never really listened to contemporary Christian music before, but for that 40 days, we pledged that we would have our car radios turned to K-Love. And we didn't turn them off after that 40 days. The music did have an appeal to me. Just a few weeks later, I received a diagnosis of tonsil cancer. And when I was waiting in a room all by myself, I had this song running through my head. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I could get the tune, but I couldn't really grasp what song I was hearing. And then I recognized the song as David Crowder's song, I Am. And the lyrics of I am, I am with you. I am with you, no matter where you go. In the middle of the storm, I am. And all of a sudden, I had such a sense of peace and calm about whatever happened with my tonsil cancer and the impacted lymph nodes and the treatments that I was being held by God. I would never have known that had I not gone through the difficult season of changing churches and all of those things. I am sure that you each have a story like that, not the same details, but a story where you were going through a difficult time and you made it through by God's grace and later you could recognize God's presence in those difficult circumstances. Friends, God is with you. When those things happen to you, write it down. So that when you are going through something again, you have a record of it. Just like Jacob had found that stone and he placed a monument there. Write it down. It was Places those monuments of God's presence with you so that you can remember in those difficult times, surely, God is in this place. Sometimes all we have to rely on is our belief that God is good. We have to say, I choose to believe that even when I don't necessarily feel like it. One of our pastors encouraged us to verbalize that commitment that I am going to choose to believe that God is here even though I can't see it right now. Michael W. Smith's song, Waymaker, reminds us of that. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. It's not a matter of feeling. It's a matter of affirming, I choose to believe it. Lastly, when we're in that space, And going through a difficult time, what do we do? We worship through it. Jacob got up that next morning and he worshiped. He made an altar to Yahweh. And he acknowledged that even in those difficult circumstances, Yahweh was worthy of worship. God will meet us there. God will give us the grace to move another rung up on that ladder, to draw closer to Him in all of our circumstances. Surely, wherever you are, God is in that place. Let us live lives that know that. In the name of the Father, the Son,